0: And it's good to... Uh, mm-hmm. Here's what happens. Th- last Thursday, it was the day after the Siyum, and Rabbi Benjamin Ginsburg, he's a very famous educator. He has a website of if you have problem children, what to do with them and how to educate them. You know, he moved to New Jersey. He lives in Tom's River. As they started a community near Lakewood in Tom's River. So he was supposed to go to Brooklyn to speak. So Tom's River to Brooklyn is an hour and 15 minutes on a good day. He was late. So what does he do? He gets on the Garden State Parkway, and he's speeding. And he's not just speeding, he's weaving in and out. Sure enough, he gets pulled over by a cop. The cop looks at him in the car, license and registration. And then he's looking at him and he says, uh, excuse me, sir, uh, did you learn your page today? <laughs> he says, what? He goes, I, I didn't hear you right. He goes, he goes, listen. He says, I was at MetLife Stadium yesterday. And I know that you guys celebrate the fact that you learned all those pages. So I have a question for you. Did you learn your page for today? So Robert Ginsburg looks at him embarrassed. He says, the truth is I didn't learn it yet, but I I, I will. So the officer says, if you promise me that you're going to learn your page today, I'll let you go with a warning. But be careful. Don't do this anymore. So the officer continues. He says, I was working with another officer yesterday at the stadium. And that officer told me while watching what was going on that he wished he could be Jewish. So I said to him, why? He said to me, could you imagine all these people here today? They celebrate that they read and understood a page. He says, what a nation, what a people. No one else would do that. The rest of the world makes parties for many reasons, but not because we understood a page. He said, standing here blows me away by how incredible the concept is. So Rabbi Kron said it's not only Kiddush Hashem Shemaim that that you learn the daf, but the fact that it was celebrated in the way it was celebrated shows something that you know a person has to rise. So I was thinking about this idea that this guy did something wrong, and yet because of his learning, he was protected. He was protected. So I remembered learning with my rabbi and
1: more than the learning. He went to the. He went to the beach part of the, the
0: whole gathering. But he didn't get a ticket, because his he, oh. learning protected him from getting a ticket.
1: He,
0: oh, he never went to the Metla? No, he, he, no. but I'm saying that, that when the cops stopped him, he did go to the Metla, but right. I'm saying when the cops stopped him, he didn't give him a ticket, right. because of his learning, that's what right. stopped him from getting a ticket. Right. So I remembered that this parashah really, that's the, that's one of the ideas that the Arizal brings up in the parashah. So I went back to the notes, and I started looking to see and he brings it up And he relates it To Kayan and Hevel And the mess up With Cain and Hevel With Reuven and Yosef And he explains The whole parasha Really as the Torah Being an uh, umbrella To cover you So the, the first question is,
1: is You're
0: taping now? I'm taping I st- Yeah I started The story's on there So the first question is Is This parasha is called Parashat Setumah is when there's no break, normally you have a minimum of nine letters to separate one parashah from the next parashah this parashah from the last week's from Vayigash, there's no break it 's only a letter so when you 're looking in the torah to see where to point it's very hard to find because it's just sitting in the middle of the line so the question is why if you want a parashah that should have had a parasha stuma, it should have been last week because really, the whole story is, is is, is, is already arguing, you know, they're arguing, and it's vaigash Elav Yehuda. it should have been just one story continuing, it's really, probably the main parasha, where it's, uh, you know, it's like old time uh, movies, where they, you know, stop the action, and you got to come back to the next movie to see the continuation, you know, you stop the story right in the middle of Yehuda coming to Yosef, so last week should have been, why this week? So Rashi says something very interesting. He says that, why is this section completely closed? He says, Because as soon as our father Jacob passed away, the eyes and heart of B'nai Israel were closed because of the misery of the slavery. For they, the Egyptians, commenced to subjugate them. Now the question we have is very simple. What do you mean they commenced to subjugate them? Yaakov dies... And Yosef is still the king of Egypt for another 55 years or so. And when does slavery begin? Not until Levi dies. Levi is the last one to die. Levi doesn't die for another more or less 80 years. So it's
2: 135
0: years. So, exactly. So if... if so if nothing happens for another 80 years and Yosef is still the king for another 55 years why is Rashi saying that this parsha is Pasha Stuma because with the death of Yaakov Egypt begins to subjugate Bnei Israel it's not true
1: Well, their attitude towards uh, towards uh, two things <clears throat> their attitude of the Egyptian versus the Jew was less, I think, respectful, and um, Jews themselves uh, were beginning to um, assimilate to a certain
0: degree. But remember, at this time, they've only been there for 17 years.
1: Right, but at the time, once...
0: But it's not at the death of Yaakov, it's really over the next 80 years that it changes. Which
1: the Parsha is still going into in...
0: We see because Yosef. We're going to get to Yosef's death at the end of the parasha. But the question: Why does he say, "With the death of Yaakov, they begin to subjugate them"? It doesn't seem true that they begin to subjugate them for, again, at least eighty years.
1: Well, so Jacob was like, the, to my mind, like the, the. Although obviously Pharaoh had great respect for Joseph, and he and he needed him, but Jacob was like almost like a god to the Egyptians. You know because when he came, the famine ended. Right. You
0: know? So I, I think that that's really, I think that that's really uh, something to focus on because I think that, that, that Parob maybe didn't really have much respect for Joseph anymore because he saved him, and that was the end of it. And Joseph just continued because he did so well for the government and the treasury and did so well for, for the king that he kept him there. But Joseph, it seemed... Was in essence was a was the king, but really he was a glorified servant of the king, right? Because he couldn't really decide to do what he
1: wanted. And also, the Pharaoh must have seen that you know the, uh, Yehuda was the one who was taking over. Now he was the one who was getting everything. So up the, in no,
0: but they made sure that Yehuda never showed up in front of Pharaoh. So remember, last week okay, they still, took five brothers. To, to introduce him to Pharaoh. Who were the five brothers? The weakest of the brothers, because oh, he didn't want them to, uh, to to pull them in. So, so anyway, that, that's really the question. Is if it's, it's Rashid basically says, as soon as Yaakov dies, the slavery begins, and we know it doesn't happen for another 80 years, but and Yosef is the king for another 55 years.
2: Could it be that the kavod to Yosef was intimately linked to Kavod to Yaakov. In other words, the way the Egyptians perceived...
0: I think the Egyptians revered Yaakov. Yeah, I think Al is, is they, they would have turned him into a god. That was one of the problems of, not, of the, not wanting to be buried in Egypt. Yeah, they revered Yaakov. And so when Yaakov died,
2: the, the Kavod for, for yourself was diminished because... The father was
1: there. Well, they, they, didn't like, they didn't like the Hebrews, per se, anyway. Oh, that they, was later. They that were shepherds. No,
0: even initially they, they didn't like Remember, they, Yosef had to eat himself because right. they didn't want to eat with him because he was uh, a Hebrew. Who Which was
1: kind of weird. You know, to hang out me, with the sheep. He's like the king, really. He could kill all those guys. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed. I, I, I thought that, you know, despite the fact that it's not clear, like, whose idea it was not to eat together. I thought it was really maybe Yosef's idea, because if you're anything below Yosef, and you say, you know, I don't really want to eat with you. you, get on my nerves, and I'm like, hey, look what, you know, he could have killed them. It, so, s- it
0: seems, but the question is, did he have to go get permission to do certain things?
1: It seemed to me, as Pharaoh said to him clearly, only by the title is yeah, there yeah. a difference between me and you. There's no difference. When he gave him the ring, it's very reminiscent of what Ahasuerus did. Right, exactly, with uh, With Haman. Haman. And not with Haman, with Mm Mordechai. And so, to my mind, it's very bizarre, unless it was Yosef's intent that he didn't want to eat with them. Furthermore, uh, I read that, um, according to one opinion, the Egyptians, um, they were vegetarians. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to eat meat. They definitely definitely didn't want to eat sheep or anything associated with the sheep. So, and if the Jews like lamb chops or any kind of other beef, you know... Would have disgusted really, them. It would, yeah,
0: so you don't to <coughs> eat a table with them. Mm-hmm. So she's doing them a toba not to tea together. But I, I can't imagine that the Egyptians would have been the ones that am not eating. Right, a little afraid. So now, continues goes on. It says, They told Yosef, your father is sick. He took his two sons with him, Ibn et Ephraim. Says, okay, so he goes, just the two of them. Not it doesn't call any of the other brothers. We don't know where the other brothers are. And he says, Yaakov says, The two sons who were born to you in Egypt, Ad until I came down to Egypt, Lihem they are mine. Ephraim and and like Raven and Shimon. I think the Baal brings that it's uh, the Gematria is the same. It says that you So what it's going to be? They're going to have flags. Well, it's so important that they should have flags. What's so important, they should be their own tribes. Bayad Israel et Yosef. So Yisrael sees the children of Yosef, a Yomer, and he says, Mi Who are these? It becomes a problem. What do you mean, who are these? You've been learning with Ephraim for the last 17 years. He's your Hevrutah. And he's standing in front of you now. You don't recognize him. What do you mean? Who are these? So one possibility is that when they came back from from the capital, Memphis, or I guess whatever the capital was, they were dressed in uh, Egyptian garb completely, and they didn't have a chance to change. And they had the makeup and the whole thing. So he looks at him, and he says, this is not the kid I'm learning with. Who's this kid dressed up with the, the whole thing? But Rashid says no. Rashid says... He attempted to bless them, but the Shekhinah withdrew from him. Why? Because Yerovam and Achav were destined to be born from Ephraim. So Yerovam ben Nevat and Achav, who's the who's the husband of, uh, of uh, Jezebel. He says, And Yehu was destined to be born from Menasheh.
1: Was Memphis the capital where all this action took place between Pharaoh and Yosef, Mo- or was it another
0: I thought it was Memphis between Pharaoh and Yosef, and Pharaoh and also Moshe. I thought it was always in Memphis.
1: Because I just I recently it happened so I was on the train, yeah. and I met a woman who happened to be from Nashville. Nashville. Oh, and so <laughs> Nashville. Uh, I had, I, had, I said to her, "You ever be in Mem- You know, I have a, I have a doctor friend in Memphis. You know, uh-huh. Memphis." <laughs> you know, so there's nothing
0: like the sure, national. You know, the, name the big city in, in, uh, in Egypt. So it says, Yosef, So now the problem is, what do you mean? You're not going to bless them because in a thousand years from now, they're going to have a descendant who's a bad guy. Everyone has some descendant who's a bad guy. And in a thousand years is the reason you're not going to bless them because in a thousand years, some guy's going to come. What are, you, what are you? What is he talking about? So Yosef turns to his father and he says, "Banai him, they're my children, Asher Elohim bazer that God gave me here in Egypt." And he says, "Kachem na Eli, bring them to me, and I'm going to bless them." And we know the story. Yosef. He takes the two of them, Ephraim on the right, to the left of Ephraim, to the on his right, to the left of Yaakov, and. Then share to his left, to the right of Yaakov, and he comes close to his father. So Yaakov puts out his hands, and he crosses his hands. And what happens? Yosef then tries to switch the hands. And he says, Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's wrong. He's trying to switch his hands. And uh, so what does he say? He says, Yaakov continues, and he says, That, That, uh, he blesses Joseph with his hands on the kids. The God who my forefathers went before, Yitzhak, God who watched over me from uh, from then until now. Which is we we'll get the, the song and before we go to sleep at night. Should bless the boys His, their, My name should be on them Avotai Avraham And they should multiply For the many Vayidgu is from the word Dag Means they should be like fish In the midst of the land So this is a great blessing It should be like fish It's a rough blessing What does that mean? Says, Vayar Yosef and Yosef sees, So he sees that his hands, he crossed his hands. And uh, It's not right, my father. What do you mean? You're trying to correct your father, you can't correct your father. What are you doing? Put your hand on his head. I guess Yosef also doesn't want to have another issue with the problem, you know, steal the blessing, who's blessing? And his father refused. He's also going to be for a nation. He's also going to grow. But his younger brother will be greater than him. And his, his, uh, his descendants will, will uh, fill the nations. Why? Who? How? All this is because of one person. Who's the one person that's going to come from Ephraim better than Menasheh? Yahushua. Because Yahushua is going to come from Menasheh. He crosses his hands. For one guy, you're going to cross your hands again. He's not going to be born for
1: another... He was learning was, with him,
0: and, and Menasheh was his father's first assistant.
1: Which was amazing, too, because he must have been extraordinarily young when he was confronting the brothers. They say he had to be seven years
0: old. Yeah, so right? that's amazing. Yeah, right, that yeah, he would yeah. had the strength to to be a little. So you could imagine he could have been, you know, in Egyptian movies. You see, you know, the little kid is standing there by the king, but the the fact that when they said that Yehuda, he put his hand on Yehuda's shoulder and he calmed him down, and that's when Yehuda got right, nervous yeah. because he said it has to be from. Yeah,
1: well, so you, did you watch Star Trek? Star Star Trek? You know, with the Vulcan grip. Yeah, yeah. He actually, ah, that's, it actually that's from Menasha. To be pulver- like pulverized, uh-huh. to stay there. F-
0: I like that. And That's be- where Lenny Nimoy got it from. Yes. yes. Uh, now that we know, uh, but I didn't you'll know
1: this see, one. you <laughs> you see in the Star Wars that there's no way. I, as the first I saw, we all agree there's no way that all these concepts that you'll see brought up right. that somebody in, it, with knowledge of deep uh, mm-hmm. Jewish aspect uh-huh. would write and do that.
0: Okay.
2: And- now you're about to say something about about him touching. So
0: basically, what happens is when Yehuda is getting up to to, to argue with Yosef uh-huh. and to show his strength, Menasheh comes and he puts his hand on Yehuda's shoulder and he subdues him.
1: And also, you-
0: and Yehuda gets afraid because he said the only power this could come from is a descendant of Yaakov. How could this a little Egyptian boy have this spiritual power to subdue me?
1: They that... Suspect- would,
0: um, so, go, just going on, so he says, now everyone is.
1: Would you, would you said, remember, many weeks ago, yeah. we discussing about um, the children, uh, well, not the children, my mom, how old was Rebecca when she married uh, mm-hmm. Isaac? You know, it was different opinions, how could she be so young, you know, 12 years old, 11, whatever, mm-hmm. was three years old. And um, so now you see this Venasha at the age of seven. Right. Like Yehuda is like a superhero. He's not like a regular. All his children are superheroes, but he's incredible.
0: We have a very hard time with the ages because you have a much harder time with the fact that. So Yosef is gone for a total of 22, 22 years, right? 22 years. In that time, we know that. Yehuda gets married, has three children, his children get married. How old were they when they got married? Seven? Right? I mean, doesn't make any sense. Right? They get married and and they they then die and then he sleeps with Tamar. So that means his children had to get married when they were 7 8. Why why so young? Cuz how could it be how could so how could it be that so Yehudah we we have a total of we have, 20, okay. we have a total of 22, 22 years, years
2: during which all this had to happen.
0: During all right. Okay. So he goes and he gets married 21 years. He has a child 20 years. Another child, 19. Another child, 18. That first child then gets married. How many years later? Eight years later, nine years later, ten years later. He can't be more than a kid. And then he dies. And then the next one marries and he dies. And Shalah is too young to marry her. How young is too young?
1: Was too young? He you didn't want it. Right? Yeah, yeah, but he's, yeah, the excuse, excuse is,
0: he's too young. and then have, so, so we have a problem with the, with a lot of the ages. So
1: then, you know, what all this and
0: Shimon is, and Levy when they went into town, they were 12 that, and 13. So
1: what this is pushing me to think is that the theory that they matured at a very young age, maybe that's correct. Because when they went down to Egypt, there was the six, the seventy souls, you know, sixty-nine, mm-hmm. you know, and so when you count the children of the children of Yehuda, you know, this all comes out. You know that this is this is hard to explain. So um, uh, it, it all goes links back to um, uh, you know how old was Rebecca and all that. And so. Maybe that is the answer. That, and how old could it have been um, uh, what's her name, Adina when she got seven, eight,
0: nine, right? ten?
1: So, you know, <laughs> so if things were happening. People must have been maturing at a much more rapid rate.
2: I, I think also that before the flood, that the
0: the it's reckoning like, of time was different. But this is post flood. This is, this is post flood. That's the difficulty. It's post flood. This is post-flood, and it seems t- it seems people matured at a, so at a different be sure. age. Because you see, Esav goes out, and he rapes, he kills, and he everything when he's 13 years old. So let's see, could you do it at 13? I guess, but he had to have a lot of power at a very young age.
1: Yeah, also well, he, he killed
0: the Nimrod. No, that's what I'm saying, at 13. Shimon and Levi are 12 and 13 when they wipe out of town.
1: And Kayan and, um, and Heather, when they were born, they were born fully... That, right, right, but right, that's right.
0: different. That, uh, we can't relate them.
1: But, but this, is, so this would be the step down. Instead yeah. of being born fully formed in some way... They matured, they very, matured quickly. very quickly.
0: Makes sense. Okay, so next we go... So, so, you, so we, we, the question we have now is... Ephraim and Asher, we bless all our children using Ephraim and Asher. But we know nothing about them. Nothing. So if you're going to bless your kid, why wouldn't you just say, I want you to be like Abraham... I know all the stories. I can tell you all the stories. Or be like Yaakov, I can tell you all the stories. Or even Yosef, I can tell you all the stories. If Reim and Asher have no... There's no dialogue. There's no nothing. No story. What What is it about them that makes us want to bless? Bless your kid to be like Moses. To be like Aaron. To be like David. To be like Elijah. To be like anyone. Not them. There's no story about them. So we jump to the next story. So Yaakov calls to his children... And he says, gather together, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen at the end of days. So he tries to reveal, and he can't. What happens is, he's blocked. He has a blockage on his Nivah. So now he's going to give his children their final blessings before he dies. So the first one he calls into the room is Reuven. So he says, <laughs> Reuven, you are my firstborn. <clears throat> my strength, and the first of my might. Yeter se'et, you're the superior in rank, V'yeter ozen, superior in power. Wow, seems like an unbelievable compliment, right? You walk in and he tells you you're, you're, you're such an unbelievable guy, Rebbe. And all of a sudden he says, Pachaz kamayim, he says that, uh, that that because you, you went on your father's bed, you're worthless, no good, amount to nothing, everything, you're punished, you lose your birthright, Nothing is good. So he comes out of the room and he's white as a ghost. It got totally come But he, didn't
1: take your understanding, like he didn't really go on his bed; he just brought the bed into. Uh, it's a possibility that he slept
0: on the bed. That he slept on the bed.
1: Be the of
0: just to show that it was uh, that he was upset that the concubine, the bed was in the room of the concubine and not in his mother's.
1: So I I thought he just was bringing the bed. That's one
0: opinion, that he took the bed out, he brought it to the room of Leah. One opinion is he slept (laughs) on the bed, and that he shouldn't have done, to show.
1: Did that follow
0: the episode with the... No, this is after after Rachel has died. Rachel died.
1: So that was before.
0: So Rachel died. The bed of Yaakov was in Rachel's tent, always, and then he went from there to the others. What happened was Rachel died, Yaakov had his bed moved to the tent of Bilah, He had it moved to, to her tent, and then he got upset. Why would you move the, tent, the bed to the tent of the, the servant girl and not to my mother's tent?
2: But, but also, you know, during those days, uh, towards the practice, at least the the firstborn yeah. to take over the concubines of the father once the father passed on right in fact, in fact, that was the that whole idea of that ab- da- ab- that was ab- what
0: Avshalom did he went ab- and shalom- slept with all the concubines of David Amela yeah
2: Avshalom sure did the
0: same thing he went on the roof and he did it on the roof in public in order for it to be uh, a known thing right
2: well, so d- d- Shimon and Levi
0: <laughs> they're up next <laughs> they, w- they don't want to go in together they don't want to go in alone because they're scared what's going to happen to them they're going together And what does he do? He blessed them. He says, Shimon VeLevi, Achim Kele Hamas, you're terrible guys. what you did. uh, Does he know about Yosef? Maybe he knew about Yosef. He says, let not my honor be associated with you. I don't want to be associated with Zimri. I don't want to be associated with Korah. Your anger should be cursed. And uh, you have to be separated. So he says, what's the purpose? It's the last few minutes of his life. He didn't yell... What, what is he yelling at them about? That they went in and they killed the city of Shechem. When did they do that? 50 years prior. When did Rovin move the bed? 50 years prior. 50 years later, you're going to yell at your kids for doing something before you're dead? Give them some uh, advice. Give them some chizub. Give them some, something that they could take with them moving forward. Don't just blast them. Tell them they're a worthless guy. For 50 years, you didn't say anything. Now you're going to say something? And why didn't he say something for 50 years? So he said, because he was worried they'll go home to Uncle Esav. They're going to leave him and go to Esav. Well We're going to see that here, even he brings it again. So that after he goes through all of the tribes and all the predictions and everything, we see, it says that he's ready to die. And what happens is he tells them, please bury me in the cave of uh, Machpelah that my father bought. And he goes through the whole... Uh, the whole story of how he brought it. So the the question is, what's really going on in this parasha? So the Arizal says, the Torah tells us in Sefer Devarim that Moshe learned from Yaakov to give his last uh, speech before he dies. Tell what he really thinks. He learned it from Yaakov. And that's when Moshe gives his last testimony in the end of Devarim. But why did Yaakov wait his whole life? According to the Gemara. Yaakov is worried that Reuven going to pack up and move out. And where is he going to move, we said, to Uncle Issaf. So all of his life he keeps quiet. Now on the day he dies, he tells them, we all know that Yaakov Avinu looked like Adam Harishon. When he went up in the dream, the angels were looking and saying, whoa, that's the face of Adam, and the face on the chariot. It says, Adam had two children, Cain and Hevel. Cain kills Hevel. Hashem wants Kayin to have a tikkun, right? To repair the mistake that Kayin did. And this is what it brings in the Zohar. Kayin, we know, is born after the Nachash touches Chava. So Kayin has some aspect of being born from the Nachash. The nachash. Some aspect of the Zehumah of the Nachash is within Kayin. The Zohar says that Kayin looked like an angel he was beautiful like an angel an angel that was the Nachash, but he had this beauty of an angel hevel is named hevel why cuz compared to kayin Havel Havalim, he's breath nothing worthless hevel is much less than kayin he doesn't have this angelic spiritual angelic presence good but you know
1: I, I, like hevel means like totally humble like he thinks he's a nothing Right, really- that's why Moshe is oh. Gilgul of Heaven.
0: Now Cain dies; the energy of Cain splits. He brings in in the HaGilgulim that the energy splits. The negative the negative side of Cain comes back in Esav, and the he says and Esav should have been the Tikkun. There should have been four Avot. And Esav should have been so. Maybe one of the reasons Yitzchak wants to bless Esav and is focused so much on Esav because if Esav could make be, make the tikkun for Cain, then history is complete because you don't have to do anymore. Now what happens? Yaakov he so Yaakov now deals with the whole thing with Esav and a part of 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 Yaakov's firstborn from Le'ah, because Le'ah was the match of Esav. So Reuven carries the positive side of the neshama of Cain. in Reuven. It's his job to be metaken, to fix How How does he do it? He has to overcome his desire to move the bed, from the, tent, uh, from, the, from the tent of Bilha, But what happens is, he fails, and when he fails, he loses his Bihor, he loses his firstborn. And we see in Divra Yamim, it talks about him. So, so he lost this part of Kayin, this good part of Kayin. It leaves Reuven when he fails. You have a chance sometimes in life, at a minute, to do a job, and if you lose, you lose. And it goes into Yosef. This good part. So we have the good part, the bad part, which should have been metaken through Hesab, the good part through Reuven, and then goes into Yosef, who could be metaken. Says the Arizal, you're constantly trying to figure out what is happening with the souls of people who disappear from the universe. The neshama of Kayin needs to be fixed. All souls need to be fixed until the, the major souls are fixed. Bashyab can't come. So you need to fix the, Kains of, the sins of Kayin and Hevel. Until we fix them, Mashiach can come. Says, the Mashiach can't come. Says Vayhi Yaakov. Darizan says, Yaakov calls Reuven. He says to Reuven, You had the opportunity. You are the firstborn. You're the strength. You're everything. You had the opportunity as the firstborn to fix the firstborn, to fix Cain." He said, What happened? You failed. He says, You failed. You defeated the mission in the world. Instead of doing good, you do bad by taking the bed. The Midrash tells us that Cain was in fact weaker than Hevel. And when they fought, Hevel was on top of Cain, and he was ready to kill him. What happened is, Cain says, "What is you going to tell a, a, a daddy when you kill me? And Hevel says, you know you're right, I'm not going to kill you. So he lets him go. And as he lets him go, Cain kills Hevel. Wow. He ki- he he hits him. I guess he he kills him, and that's Hevel it. Man. I
1: think. You know, I think somebody,
0: somebody Hevel is there. a yeah, but Hevel is there to kill him. He can kill him. He says, "Don't do it," because Daddy Hevel has respect of his father, but Cain doesn't. So immediately, Cain jumps and kills him. Says the Rabbi, this guy Cain has no respect, not for his father. Not for Hashem Comes Yaakov Comes Reuven Reuven carries this good part of Cain. What happens? When he moves the bed It shows he's lacking respect for His father And also he's lacking respect for Hashem So when he does it He had the opportunity to be metakin Kain By showing respect Right? And instead he fails And it's over Yaakov wants to reveal the time of Mashiach. He looks at Reuven and he says, "You defeated the purpose of your neshama." You
1: know, it's really amazing to, to me, like, you know, looking at it from a son's point of view. He's the son of, Leah. Like, you know, he thought it was a disrespect to, the to mother. his mother. You know, so like, you know, if you made the argument in front of a bunch of people, you probably have a, a, a lot. Of people but but
0: saying, he knew he made a mistake because we see he's doing teshuvah from that point forward. He wore sackcloth, he fasted, because he knew he did something wrong. So he says, you had a job to do, you didn't do your job. By taking the bed, you're the same as Cain. Now it comes to Shimon and Levi. He says that what happened, this part of the neshama of Reuven went to Yosef. And what did you two do? You tried to kill Yosef, and instead of allowing Yosef to be metaken, the soul of Cain which is what he could have done with us all together here, you tried to kill him and you sold him. And you messed up, again, the The repairing of the soul of Cain. He says, because of you, I can't reveal the time of Mashiach. Mashiach depends on fixing of the souls. Because you neglected to fix up the souls, you messed up. And the world requires that the souls be fixed. You three, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi, defeated the purpose of creation and even though I'm Yaakov I can't fix it it's going to take history now to fix it Darizal says our obligation is not just to avoid sin Reven Shimon and Levi avoided sin he said they did mitzvot but we have a separate requirement to fix the neshamot of the generations before us he says otherwise we leave the job undone the Mashiach can't come we have to fix it He brings the example of the disrespect Cain had for his father. Now what are we at? Yaakov Avinu is going to die. The tragedy, says Darazel, is that the job wasn't done in the lifetime of Yaakov. In the lifetime of Yaakov, the 12 tribes could have had the possibility of being Metak in the world and fixing everything, and that could have been Mashiach. He says, what happened? Yaakov was the one who was the tikkun of Adam. He was fixing Adam, the same face as Adam But his first three sons Messed up Cain was the eldest of Adam Reuven was the eldest of Yaakov He says now In essence the slavery is going to start He says what does it mean? The slavery doesn't start for another 80 years But the opening now Is put into the system To allow the negativity To come in and the slavery to begin But it could have been avoided the says, that even though there's, a, there's the, the nevuah to Abraham, a negative nevuah does not need to come true. Right. He says, the secret of Ephraim and Asher is, can I get a bracha from them now? He says, no, I see they have descendants. What do you mean? In a thousand years, they're going to have a bad apple? He says, you have to understand, if it's in Yosef, it's from Cain, it's also in his sons. If his sons are perfect... Then there wouldn't be a problem with his descendants But these descendants are negative Have some negativity Why? Because we couldn't repair The negativity of Kayin Even though it's the positive side of Kayin That's within the root soul of Yosef Which goes down into Menasheh and Ephraim
2: But didn't uh, Yosef overcome
0: by, by 45? But that's the tikkun of Adam
2: oh.
0: Remember Adam's failure is Lack of self-control Yosef, as the extension of Yaakov, is metaken Adam. But because of Shimon and Levi, he didn't have the opportunity to be metaken Cain. So this little negativity of Cain that's in Yosef comes out through Ephraim and Asher into those descendants. Yosef begs. And then Yaakov says, okay, I'm going to bless them. And what's the blessing? They should be like fish. What do you mean they should be like fish? He says, "What does that mean? Blessed be like fish."
1: Rock,
0: yeah. so he says, "When Yaakov leaves the house of Yitzchak, he's going to go to Uncle Lavan, right? Who attacks him along the way? Eliphaz. The question is, when does Eliphaz attack him? Fourteen years later. Why fourteen years later? he left the yeshiva. He attacks him. But the question is, why didn't he attack him when he was in the yeshiva?" Why didn't he find him in the yeshiva? Why did he do something when he was there? So he says to Arizal that according to Masechet Sotah to learn Torah is not an obligation it's a benefit. He says the Torah is a shield and the Torah has the power to completely protect us from Ayin Hara. And that's how we understand fish. the water and the fish. When Moshe got the Torah Satan tries to find him asks Hashem, Where's Moshe? He says he's he downstairs with the Torah. He says, Satan, I can't find him. He says, because the Torah is the protection, and Satan can't find you when you have the Torah. We see when David Amelot was learning, the, the Malchamavit couldn't get him. Only for our protection is the Torah, it hides us from Satan. Yaakov leaves his house. He runs to the yeshiva. Eliphaz can't find him for 14 years. He didn't go to Brazil, he didn't go to the Cayman Islands, he didn't go. He's sitting in yeshiva, five minutes away from Eliphaz. He says, he comes out of the yeshiva, he's on his way to Uncle Lavad. Who's the first one who comes? Eliphaz. He says, Uncle, where you been? I couldn't find you for 14 years.
1: You mean you think that, according uh, to he was really looking for 14 years? Yeah.
0: He says that the, the, the learning protected him and, and shielded him undercover. He's saying basically that the protection of a, of a person is the shield of Torah. Zimagin is the shield of Torah. He says that a person should be like Menashe, Ephraim Menashe. When Hashem created the world, the world was covered with water. Under the water you cannot be found. In the waters of the Mikveh, you cannot be found. Satan can't find you. Same under the waters of Torah, Satan can't find you. Why Ephraim? Because who was the one who learned with Yaakov for the last 17 years of his life? Ephraim. So Ephraim is the one who's protected by the umbrella of or the orhel, the tent, which is like an umbrella of Yaakov's Torah. Who's his descendant? The reason why he gets blessed first? Yehoshua. What does it say about Yehoshua? This Torah should never depart from your mouth. The Haggita, you should speak it day and night. There you're going to be successful along your way, and there you're going to have success. The Gemara tells us that when, when yoshua was going to attack Yericho, what happened? He was working the night on the plans to attack Yericho. He says, and someone approached him, a stranger. Turns out the stranger was an angel, and he came to kill Yoshua Why? Because yoshua that night was preparing for war instead of Learning, and the, and the angel tells him, I would kill you. You should go back to your learning and do your learning and then you prepare for the war. Don't leave your learning. It says, in order for a person to survive, he has to hide from Satan. When we say the blessing, it's crucial. Why? Because you're referring to hiding underwater. And we say that, anytime it says, it's really referring to Torah. It says Hashem is going to bless you. The umbrella of Torah is what saves Ephraim and Asher, even though they're in they're in what's called. But Ephra- in Egypt, but Ephraim is greater because he has the merit of Torah. Now Yaakov is going to be dead. There is no more umbrellas. The Egyptians are going to realize who's a Jew. They're going to come after them. The key to survive is what Yaakov is telling his kids: is to hide yourself. Don't display your success. Don't attract the evil eye. Don't create jealousy. So how do I hide? I hide in the umbrella of Torah. As long as Yaakov is alive, B'nai Israel hid hidden in the Ohel, in the tent of Yaakov. He dies. They never did the Tikkun of Kayin. The, the Goyim have the realization of who's B'nai Israel, and they start to plan, which makes that the beginning of slavery. The secret under the glory of Torah Is that if a person has to study every twenty Within every 24 hours If you go a day without Torah A person could be in big pro- trouble He loses his protection The tragedy of the parashat Vayichi Is Yaakov is not learning Because he's dead No umbrella, no protection We always read Vayichi at the beginning of Chodesh Tevet Chodesh Tevet is the darkest month It's also the month of the most tragedies we have really the Asara bet but we have the 8th, the 9th, and the 10th, which are all these tragedies. It says that, also that the, the, the month, the, the letter Ayin, relates to this month of Tevet and that really relates to the power of the evil eye over a person in Tivet. We say, If you want to get through the month of Tevet, you have to hide under the umbrella. What's the umbrella? Hide under the glory of Torah, otherwise Chas will become in danger. It says that in Egypt, their eyes and their hearts become blind because Yaakov is gone. So they lose his protection. Yaakov is called Yosheva O'alim. He's connected to the Torah. He brings the connection and protection. Even if we don't do what we must, even if, if they messed up with Cain, there's still a chance for protection, that Yaakov is saying, under the umbrella of Torah. But if we mess up, if we don't hide under the water, we become susceptible. Yaakov sent Yehuda first to Goshen. Why? To build the yeshiva, because he understood that in order for them to be protected in Egypt, they had to have learning. Yehuda opens the yeshiva. Yaakov is alive and he learned 17 years with Ephraim. He dies, even though still the slavery really doesn't start. In essence, the slavery begins the day Yaakov dies, because the shield of protection is gone, and they start to plan to go. What happened to B'nai Israel? Seems that after Levi dies, they go into that's when the slavery begins. Why? Because, but we see it's really not. It still it begins then, and I think it's only the last eighty years is uh, is the harsh is the harsh work. So there must have been a transition period. If we say there was. Yaakov dies, there's 80 years. Then there must have been 50 years where it starts to get bad, worse and worse and worse. And then the last 80 years is uh, is the terrible, terrible time of Egypt. It says, what happened? They had an opportunity to reverse it. How? If they would have focused on the Torah, instead what happened? The grandchildren decided, hey, we got all Paros sheep. We got control of the land. Everyone else is a stranger. Everyone else is somewhere else. They took advantage of everything in order to focus on their business and not to focus on the Torah. And that's why they say they became uh, sort of integrated with uh, Egyptian society and they lived all over the place.
2: Now, as far as...
0: Sorry, just saying, they could have avoided the slavery. They would have been in Egypt for the 210 years but they never needed to be slaves if they would have protected themselves with the Torah. Who was the only tribe that wasn't taken into slavery? Why? Because they were learning Torah. It says that we have to always remember that we have to always have this idea that the Torah is going is to protect us. So the, the question is now at the end of the day, so each of us has a personal tikkun, but we have this tikkun of klali tikkun, of everyone tikkun, and that tikkun is really part of fixing the other souls. So the question that was asked was this. I don't understand. If you're telling me that the Yaakov and the, the 12 Shavatim, they couldn't be Metakin when they were there, and they're such great souls, what chance do we have of being Metakin?" So Rav Chaim Vital asks this question to the Arizal. And the Arizal tells him 400 years ago that our test in the time of the Arizal is so much greater than the test that they faced that, and if we could overcome our test, it's so much greater than them overcoming in their time. What's very interesting is uh, is that we see after, we see that uh, that uh, Rev Kanievsky's father, the, the stipler, he said 30 years ago that in fact our test in this generation is the greatest test of all history.
1: Got more so
0: anything that we can do, we overcome. And I think one, you know, one of the things, you, you never saw so much learning Torah until our generation, because there's still a balance. There's so much negativity, but that's on the other side of the balance. So it says a person who really puts the effort, like someone who really showed up at the Sioum and spent the seven and a half years and went through every single page, right? It's such an unbelievable accomplishment. And really that's, so, so it goes back that that's what protects us. So go back to the story of the guy who gets stopped by the cop. Even though he was speeding and he should have got a ticket. But the Torah protected him. We're in a time that it's dangerous for Jews. What's the thing that could protect us? We have to make sure that not a single day goes by where we don't take our medicine. What's our medicine? In essence, our medicine is, is the Torah. Sorry, you're going to say.
2: Yeah, what is the minimal amount of learning
0: to be considered learning? So, so the, the, the difficulty is that the, the rabbis tell us that we should make our Torah keva fixed and our work uh, uh, after we learn. So, I mean, look, I think it's different for every single person. Every single person. But I think that every single person has to take part of their day to sit and learn something new. So that you go to sleep at night and you say, what did I learn new today? In Torah, and what did I put into practice today in Torah that I didn't do yesterday? What have I accomplished? What have I accomplished? Look, right now, if someone wants to do the daf yomi, it's very easy to do the daf yomi. Even if it's hard to do it, it's very easy. You have twenty-five different guys recording. You can have one of those guys as someone that you're going to find that you could understand. You have from the OU, you have a guy who does it in twenty-five minutes. You have Rabbi Mansour who does it in an hour. You want to do the daf, you do the daf with them. You don't want to do the daf, don't do the daf. You have, uh, what's it called? You have so
1: many websites, you can listen to the daf. There's
0: no excuse. Yeah. You have, if you don't want to do the daf, just do the parashat. Divide the parashat into the six parts, and you have... Uh, Tanakh study from the community where you can study each of the, uh, the, uh, the aliyot one a day. For the entire week and complete the whole perasha or you can take on to study the whole tanakh uh through the same website and uh and learn one chapter each day of the tanakh there are three mishnayot a day there are so many so many opportunities for us to learn it's literally in front of us at every minute of the day there are countless podcasts so we really have no excuse and uh, and really see that Hashem is offering us such easy access to this protection of the Ohel, of the Torah. May we all be all we blessed to enter into this Ohel, to enter into this uh, place of Torah and be under the protection. And may we see you in Amen.